randomly in operating your business, be intentional. Being intentional will help you squeeze the juice out of every day and work smarter rather than harder. In this episode, we're going to discuss how to work more efficiently so that you can squeeze this juice out of every day and get your biggest bang for your time currency. But you know the drill. If you want to hear more about this, you're going to have to stick around. Welcome to Waste Up Wardrobe. I'm Christine Vartanian, an attorney turned personal style expert and image consultant. As the founder of Jade House of Style, I am passionate about unveiling the inner confidence of my clients by developing their personal style and dressing them for success. But is getting dressed up still important in our virtual world? Well, that's where my experience can help with what I call Waste Up Wardrobe. Waste Up Wardrobe is a podcast for all things you need to conduct an outstanding Zoom meeting. It's about how to dress for the camera, but it's not just about the clothes. It's about everything you need to know to show up on brand and professionally for the camera. Join me in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio to discuss how to navigate this virtual world and dominate from behind the desk. Hello, Waste Up Wardrobe Nation. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of Waste Up Wardrobe. Today, we're going to be talking about how to work more efficiently in your business and really be in charge of your business rather than it being in charge of you. But before I get started, I want to say thank you for being here and so show you gratitude for being a committed audience to Waste Up Wardrobe, whether you listen to the show live or you listen to it on replay. We love that you're here. Uh, I also want to say thank you to Rick Moscoso, who's always in the production room making this show technically possible because I couldn't do it without him. And I am just so thrilled that we are recording episode 136 today and we're going strong trying to bring you an, an entrepreneurial topic every single time. You know we're here live on Facebook at Waste Up Wardrobe every Thursday at 1130 and um, we show up here without fail rain or shine. Uh, We are also on iTunes, so you can download us there and you can listen to us if you can't watch us. And we are on um, YouTube and also on TikTok, and you can find me on Instagram. So go and join and uh, join us on those platforms and um, rate us and review us if you so feel inclined. So without... uh, you know, without further ado, let's say, I am going to talk to you a little bit about my guest today, uh, a real special guest who really knows the difference between working in your business efficiently uh, versus really working the hard way and not enjoying the aspect of it. She will be guiding us through how do you take charge of your business rather than have it take charge of you. And she's got a lot of goodness to share and a lot of nuggets. And we can't wait to talk to her about this and have this dialogue. But first, let me brag about her. Um, Erin Marcus is the founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business, an international, uh, an international company helping entrepreneurs and small business owners get out of reaction um, so that they can be in charge of their business and in charge of their lives. Because we know business spills into our personal lives all the time. Having made the successful leap from the corporate executive, from a corporate executive to an entrepreneur, she uses that experience along with her MBA education and her street smarts to help her clients reach heights they've never dreamt possible. And 
have fun while they do it, which is so important, right? Erin uh, is also an international speaker and the host of Ready Yet, the podcast. So please help me welcome Erin to the show. Hi, Erin. How are you today? I'm awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to. I you too. I am thrilled. I can't wait to dive deep. We all know as business owners how, as entrepreneurs, we get stuck in the weeds and we get we let the business start running us and we we forget to do the things that will make our lives easier because we feel like we need to be our have our hands in everything. So I can't wait to really talk to you about this and really draw on your experience for, you know, because you have this robust experience from being uh, having the MBA and then um, also the street smarts. I want to hear more about that. I'm really excited about <laughs> the that. interesting part. <laughs> That is, uh, that's how we all take the scenic route, really, right. to where we end up, right? The scenic route, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but first, I want to give the audience a little window into uh, your person, your person, who you are. So I'm going to ask some this and that questions that okay. are very, very, very simple, but they might tell us a thing or two about you um, when it comes to your fun side, okay? Yes, absolutely. If it's not fun, why are we doing, why would we do this, right? Totally. I totally agree. Okay. Um, so this or that questions, wildlife or marine life? Oh, that's so not fair. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I'm going to go with wildlife for the accessibility. I live on an acre and a half wooded lot. I've got a pond. We've got baby birds everywhere who don't know how to fly. It's a it's a zoo out there right now. And so I'll go with the wildlife. Because as much as I love the marine life, I live immersed in the wildlife here. Wow. Oh, that's exciting to be living with all those living beings around you. I think that's like so, uh, so like a sanctuary. It's a restorative. It's absolutely restorative. Yeah. That's so why we birds, what else do you have there? What do I have? I have on this property at any given moment, we've got a family of six deer. We've got um, a mated pair of coyotes. We've got a single male coyote. Um, I've got a gigantic bunny rabbit showed up the other day who managed to evade the coyotes evidently because he's huge. Um, oh my God, I've got raccoons. So every night I have to bring some of the suet and some of the food. The Oriole jelly has to go in the garage. Otherwise I can't find the feeders in the morning because they don't just eat the food. They take the feeders. There's no such thing as a raccoon baffle. Like you can get a squirrel baffle and the squirrel can't get up there. Haven't figured out the raccoons are smarter and bigger. So we've got raccoons. Um, We've got, oh my God, this morning we had a new one. We had a uh, Marragansar docks. Oh, it's a, a diving dock in our little pond this morning. I've got muskrats. We've seen muskrats. We've chipmunks. Oh my God, chipmunks. I've got baby squirrels who gather their seeds and sit under my hostas right in front of my sunroom and oh, fall asleep cool. in their pot. I've learned like, you've seen the videos of the baby, the, the puppies and the kittens fall asleep in the food dish. Birds do it too. Oh, feeders out there that are just platforms, and I currently have babies who just eat until they pass out right there in the ditch. And hawks, we have the birds of prey as well. We've got a mated pair of Cooper's hawks. I've got a mated pair of uh, great horned owls. 
Wow. It's like a whole ecosystem. Yes. I've got, we've got the whole ecosystem. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, that's kind of like, it's a dream place to live. You can't wake up and have a bad day. No. And it's exactly why we bought this. Right. When I, I laugh because when we were looking all of last year, the phrase that I kept saying was, I want to be immersed in nature. I love that. I want to be immersed. So, so needless to say, you're a nature person. I know you've yes. done work for the wildlife charity. So that's what prompted the question because they are intentional. Unlike people <laughs> believe they're not random, <laughs> not completely random, right? Not completely <laughs> random. But I love that. Uh, I love that. I got to hear that story because that gives us a little window into who you are. And do you have any cats or dogs to, I do. I currently, so I have, um, Logan, who is a six-year-old rescue, uh, they found him under a car in Oklahoma. Aww. And we have um, Daisy, also known as the potato. Um, she's a 16-year-old puggle who's basically a potato. And then I have Grover, who is a 53-year-old blue and gold macaw. Wow. Okay. Like you have your house pets too. Yeah, the indoor, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a total sanctuary. It's like an arboretum. Is that, I don't know if that's right. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right term to use, but anyway, thank you so much for um, sharing that. That is yeah. really, really fascinating and, and just sounds like a dream place to be. I am so excited to really delve into your entrepreneurial side because this show really does, um, you know, it, it, the the listeners are entrepreneurs, are business owners. Everybody is interested in elevating where they're at, every aspect of the life, and what your topic that you really are um, known. I mean, you you're known to talk on multiple topics, but the one that intrigued me the most is this idea that you don't want to get stuck in the weeds. You want to conquer your business. You want the business to be conquering you or overpowering you. You. As business owners, we start businesses because we have a passion or we have a need to serve in a certain area. And so when it starts taking over your every part of your life and you're not enjoying it anymore, it's almost like, what is the point, right? How did I get here? Wait a minute. (laughs) And you have to wake up in the morning when you put your feet on the ground. And I tell my kids this all the time is like when you are choosing a path, when it comes to your career, you want to wake up excited to execute that next thing right in your work. So that's just how I think. And I I know you're going to share so many nuggets around that. But at first, I kind of want you to tell us a little bit about your journey, because I know (laughs) you got the little bit of street smarts with the formal MBA with, of course, running your own business and helping other businesses. So tell us a little brief, uh, briefly about a sort brief, of, yes, the brief origin story, right? The, the Marvel com, we've all watched too many Marvel movies, the origin story. Um, I grew up in Chicago. I, the title that I gave myself looking back was I was a professional juvenile delinquent. <laughs> I, I use the word professional because we kind of made money at it, right? So we were just, uh, right. I I grew up in Chicago in the 70s and in the 80s in the public school system and every stereotype and craziness that you're envisioning with that, yes, right, yes. And the cool thing, though, was I also grew up with people from 22 different countries. We oh. counted once, right? It was, so while it was a bit, of mayhem, chosen mayhem. We were lunatics. We were kids, right? We were bad kids. But on the flip side, we had an opportunity that nobody, especially then had, where the exposure to other people, right? 
the non-judgmental child version of exposure mm. to other people. <clears throat> High school was much more the same as that, really didn't bother going, but did well on the tests. And they, you know, this was back before internet and tracking, and it was so much easier where no one knew I everything you watched about Stranger Things, yes, we've we raised ourselves. <laughs> no one ever knew what we were doing <laughs> the whole the whole nine yards. But college was more interesting. Yeah. College became more interesting. The topics became more interesting. Um, I was out of immersed in that environment. And so I did well in college, which then just led to doing well at my job. What, what I figured out along the way was whatever I wanted in life, I was going to have to make it happen. Yeah. Right. It wasn't going to be handed to me. Now, interestingly enough, I never felt that I couldn't have something. I never felt there was a limit, but I always knew I had to get it. And mm. so somewhere in there is what I think kicked off the high achiever type drive so that I could go about creating the life that I wanted. Yeah. And the way that I got my, I would do a good job that would lead to the promotion that would need, lead to the next job. And then ultimately found my longest home with, um, a company that I was with for 12 years, which was with amazing mentors. That's when I got my MBA. That's when I just learned how to business from a high, high, high level. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, like you talk about, you know, when you got to college, you really realized that, um, you know, there was, there was no limit to what you can achieve. And that that's kind of interesting because I think that most of the time we are our own limit. You know, oh, we yeah. have our limitations and that's why um, people either, you know, feel like they can't do something or they stop or they self-sabotage. And um, I think that it's so interesting that you said that because truly I listened to a speaker once who said that, you know, as, as a um, add on to the sky is the limit is that really there is no sky. There's no sky. And that's funny that you say that because when I get interviewed and stuff, sometimes people ask, what's your favorite movie quote? And I ended up just watching it this weekend. I don't know how this happened. It was on. I stopped. Um, one of my favorite movie lines is from The Matrix, uh-huh. right? When In the scene when Neo and Trinity is going to like cut the elevator line and use, right, do something monumentally horrifying that could get you killed. And what he does was right before he did it, he says out loud, there is no spoon right? As a reference to this child that he had encountered earlier in the movie, like there is no spoon, there's no rule, there's no one way to do things, there's no given outcome. And that's right. And that's where, you know, the tagline for Conquer Your Business is be in charge, take action, get results. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this whole be in charge idea. And it's not about being in charge of anybody else. They absolutely promise there's zero things to do with being in charge of anybody else. But what I learned along the way is even through health problems as a child and what my mom did to make that okay, and then watching immigrant families have to earn a living when they don't speak the language and they don't have the community and they don't have the tools, but you still have to pay the bills, right? And watching how different people maneuver through just civilization to be kind of weird about it. But And what I really learned was if you don't make the decisions for you, 
people who are not vested in you get to make those decisions. Yeah. Yeah. True. And And yeah, it's not that they're bad or wrong, but they're going to have different priorities than you. Right. Yeah. And when you say that, do you mean like if you're you're part of a company or something or any, any relationship? Truthfully, it's my opinion when it comes to your health, your business, your money, your relationships. It's about deciding what you want and intentionally creating it. And and what you were saying before about being in the weeds, Mm -hmm. we get stuck in the weeds because we don't know where we're going, right? We get stuck in the weeds because we don't know where we're trying to go. What are we trying to create? And I watch this with entrepreneurs over and over and over again. They go out, they do random acts of marketing. They do random acts of business, not because they're bad or they're just because they don't know. Right. They don't know. And instead everything about your business needs to be reverse engineered. Right. Everything, right? What do I want? Because you don't know what to do until you know what you're trying to create. Absolutely. Right. Why do we get stuck in the weeds? Because we don't know what else we should be doing. Like it's this whole idea of being intentional and we get stuck in our habits. We get stuck in our patterns. Like I call it, give yourself a break, but don't let yourself off the hook. Like give yourself a break. This stuff's hard. Yeah. We're up against neuroscience, right? We're up against limiting beliefs. We're up against the way our brain literally works with habits and patterns. We know how to do what our business does, but we don't know how to grow a business. But somehow we're supposed to know that too. Like, give yourself a break. But that doesn't mean let yourself off the hook. Yes, exactly. And so when you tell, you know, when you coach your um, pe- people on this, are we talking about, you know, where you're going, like, know what your goals are, have a vision? Um, a mapped out vision. How do you help um, people really know where they're going so that they can take charge and take those steps towards the goals? I think it's it has to be done on two levels. It, you have to hold. I, I I had a hard time learning this, so like, don't do it the way I did it. Y'all be ahead of the curve. Right? <laughs> like, do it faster than I did it. How do you hold the vision and act in the in the current? Hold a vision and act in the curtain. Because if all you're doing is holding a vision, you can sometimes lose sight of what has to happen now. There's certain actions that have to happen now that you might not be ready for. Your business might not be ready for. Um, Holding the vision alone and acting from that point is where you watch people buy into Insta tactics. You know, just do this one thing and make a million dollars. Well, if I hold my vision and you're promising me a million dollars, oh, okay, I'll go do that because that's the vision. It doesn't work, right? Because we have to still assess where we are today. Yeah. So it's this dual, hold the vision so that you have that driving force, that big, you know, know your why, that bigger than you, right? Hold your vision so we don't meander too far off the path. But at the same time, what is the short-term goal that leads to the vision? So again, I I use the concept of reverse engineering because that word engineer means teeny tiny. What are every step? What is every step? It's not just dream and it'll come, but it's engineer it. Yeah. It's intentional. It's intentional intentional and there's some mechanics to getting there. And, uh, but you also have to have your eye on the prize Mm -hmm. while still understanding Step by step, how to get there, rather than jumping or skipping steps. Right. You can't skip steps. You can run. You can run as fast as you want, but you can't jump over them, right? Like you can't jump over them. And if you 
only look at where you are now, you end up way off the path because if you put like one foot in front of the other, but you're staring at your feet, you have no direction, right? We just kind of fall off. You're just, and if you're only staring at the big prize, you'll make some decisions you're not actually ready for because you haven't done the analysis of, well, what's the next step or what's the next step or what's the next step. Makes a lot of sense. And, you know, you often uh, refer to, you know, stopping those random acts of marketing. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of like, uh, when we, and I've done this myself, I'm guilty of this, like creating busy work, but it's not really effective work. Is that what you're referring to? Can you give us some examples? It, it really hits on a couple different things. So one, yes, you're a hundred percent dead on. You're creating work because you know, you're supposed to be doing something. So we create work one, because we know we're supposed to be doing something and we want to be doing something, but also we, that's where we kind of play the shell game with ourselves. Look how busy I am. Look how busy I am. See, I must be right. But then we get to the point where like, well, wait a minute, I'm doing all the work. So why isn't it working? Yeah. So yes, that's one definition of it. The other definition of it is the inconsistency, right? The random acts of marketing, the random acts of business is the inconsistency of our behavior. And just because I, you know, I'm on my growth edge right now as well, because, you know, it's not fun if we're not scared out of our minds. um, I'm revisiting atomic habits, Mm -hmm. revisiting atomic habits and this idea that it's 1% every day, 1%. How can I do it a little bit better, a little bit better? And if you fall off the consistency, you don't get the results. Yeah. You never get the results. So, you know, we talk about my juvenile delinquent background. When I was a little kid growing up in Chicago, I don't know if they have this where you grew up. I don't know how any of us survived truly living like this, but it is what it is. Like, how did we survive this? Um, You see this on jokes on TikTok all the time. And it's true. We were let out of our house after breakfast and not expected or required or even wanted to return until dinner or the streetlights came on. And so you had to, my mother used to call it fund for yourself, (laughs) fund for yourself. (laughs) You had a dollar in change in your pocket. Good news. Things were cheap back then. You get a happy meal for 99 cents or whatever it was. But we used to drink out of the pumps in the park. (laughs) We used to drink out of the pumps in the park. And I remember and we also used to roller skate as a mode of transportation, right? Roller skating and bikes. And so we would search the park for the pump that was actually trickling uh-huh. because you could get it started. Uh-huh. And if the pump wasn't even trickling, it was brutal. It was just brutal as skinny little children to have enough strength to, to get this going. And that's what happens in your business. Right. Well, I love that analogy because uh, it you 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 you're, you started by saying I don't know how we survived. <laughs> Actually, what I think is I don't know how our generation, our younger generation, will ever survive the world because I think that is the preparation for the world. But of course, yeah. it was a different time, you know, a different oh. different stimulation, different events, different we, no internet, like all that stuff that we have now. So, but it was the kind of thing that built character and strength, don't you think? It built resilience. Mm-hmm. It exactly. built persistence. It also built self-reliance. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. 
one of the things watching younger, and I don't have children, I will be the first one to say I have no business giving child rearing advice because I do not have any. And I don't know how any of you do this, especially through the pandemic. Like seriously, kudos, don't know how it works. <laughs> um, but when I watch clients, put it this way, my millennial clients, I have had them verbalize to me, actually articulate, I don't know how to do anything. Wow. They're brilliant beyond reason. They are educated. They are book smart. They yeah. are brilliant, but they don't have creative coping mechanisms. Wow. And I've had, and it's usually the guys, because girls, we kind of figure things out. Yeah. Right? Girls will figure things out. But the guys, I've had them actually articulate um. I don't actually know how to, you know, the adult. They don't. And yeah. it's not their fault. Yeah. They what? They weren't, re it wasn't required of them. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. I mean, that is, you know, I, I, I thought it was kind of funny that you said that, you know, your street smarts and that you're saying, oh, I don't know how we survive. But I thought that is precisely why as an adult you survive, right? Is that is that those struggles and the resilience that you build in those times where you have to rely on yourself. And um, we had the opportunity uh, growing up doing that. It's but the you build the trust that allows you to take risks. Yeah. Because failure isn't a thing. Yeah, it's not an option. It's not an option. And it's also who cares? Like yeah. we did all sorts of things that didn't work. Yeah. You know, I let the park I lit the park on fire on a particular day. Shh, oh. Don't tell anyone. It was me and my friend Mary, and we ran the way you should run when you accidentally light the dandelion fluff in the park on fire. Oh <laughs> But you create a self-trust that allows you to do things. Yeah, absolutely. So you also say that staying uncomfortable in business is good. So what do you mean by that? Staying uncomfortable, and I'll give you a story to just because this is so absurd. I love stories. <laughs> it's so absurd, right? So I talked to him a second ago. I, I live on my growth edge, right? Can you live on your growth edge? And it's, you know, it's not a new saying. Get, uh, you know, be uncomfortable being uncomfortable, you know, be comfortable being uncomfortable. That's not what it is. It's be comfortable staying uncomfortable. And the truth of the matter is your brain has one job. Your brain has one job. It's not to make you rich or successful or skinny or any of those things. It's to keep you alive. That's its only job. Your brain's job is to keep you alive. So it has a negative bias. It sees everything as a risk and it's very black and white either. Oh, okay. We know how to do this or, oh my God, we're all going to die. And when your brain is thinking, wait a minute, you haven't done this before. Oh my God, we're all going to die. It comes up with very, very, very creative ways to stop you from moving forward. And so the more you can basically teach yourself, teach your brain that risk and trying new things doesn't equal death, yeah. the more risk and trying new things and moving forward, you'll be able to do. So when I left my very amazing corporate job, like, seriously, you don't want to be the one to tell your mother you're leaving the, you know, six figure expense accounts, C-suite level job to start your own business. Right. But when I did that, I knew I'm very physical. I need, right? That's how I relieve stress is something physical. And I, this is weird because I'm only five feet tall and you can't tell by Zoom, but 
I'm five feet tall, but I used to do competitive powerlifting and boxing. And so going to the gym for me isn't enough of a physical activity for stress relief because I've been doing it for so long that my mind will still wander. So I knew I had to come up with something that when I was doing it was physical in nature and I could, my mind couldn't wander, right? Be very, very uncomfortable and my mind couldn't wander. So I decided at 40 years old, I would learn how to figure skate. (laughs) (laughs) At 40 years old, right? This is what I came up with. And by the end of the year, I was found myself across the country in San Francisco in I won a blue ribbon in an adult beginner figure skating competition where I had on and yes, there's pictures or it didn't happen. The blue, I went full out, man. I went if you're gonna go, go all the way. I had the blue sequin glittery skirty outfit and the um I had long hair at the time, so I had the blue glittery scrunchie to match. I did a 90 second um, skating routine to landslide by Fleetwood Mac. (laughs) Wow. Well, I think that's so remarkable because at 35, like I never grew up having tried ice skating or even roller skating, but I ended up deciding at 35 to go and try ice skating because I feel like it's such a freeing thing to do to be able to glide on ice but it was hard I was hard (laughs) I am I would I consider myself pretty coordinated and pretty capable but it took all of me because I was here the fear that I would fall and hurt myself yeah Yeah. and I did but (laughs) I didn't break anything (laughs) so that inspires me to go back because I did it I actually was able to stand on ice and maybe go a little bit, but that you went and you competed. Wow. That, that I, I could, uh, I'm short and the powerlifting background, I have a low center of gravity and really good balance. Ah, so yeah. I could do that. Yeah. I couldn't leave the ice. So I couldn't, <laughs> there was no hopping. You had to always be attached to this. As long as I was, I could do amazing, amazing things. As long as I never left the, my feet never left the ice. Well, hey, I take that. If I can glide all day long and forget I could glide at top speeds. I got really good at fancy stopping and I can spin. I don't know why. I could spin very, very, very well. I. Barely a bunny hop, as they call it, as long as my feet were on the ground. Yeah. I was willing. That's a great example of how, as entrepreneurs, we take sort of these risks or we take these challenges on. It's sort of like you said, living on that edge of uncomfortable. And it's not that um, you, you know, it's one is being able to stay in the uncomfortable and feel like you can do it. Well, that's the thing. And to bring it back to what we were talking before, one of the ways to be able to do it is to know why you're doing it. Mm. I think a lot of people don't take the risks or don't try because they have no idea what they're trying to create, right? Where they're starting at step one and going in order. So they're taking a big risk, but what's the potential payoff? What's, how is this going to help my business? They don't actually know. And so if you reverse engineer it, now you're taking calculated risks. Now you're taking measured risks. 
Yeah. Now you can take informed risks. Yeah. And so you're coming from a more solid foundation, which is always going to give you a better chance. And here's the thing. When you do one and it fails miserably and you don't die, you realize, huh, look at that. It didn't work. What else doesn't work? What else doesn't work? What else doesn't work? Yeah. And it, it helps you taking that, that those next, those big leaps that sometimes we limit ourselves to. Well, I mean, I think that is a <clears throat> great, um, I think it's interesting as, as business owners, I find that in particular, we have this mindset of trying, even, even if it's not a business challenge we're taking on, we like to take on physical challenges or other types of challenges, just because that's sort of how our mind is yeah. wired. Right. Absolutely. You had, um, I was curious, uh, what is like the most surprising part about having navigated this entrepreneurial world? What surprised you the most? Oh my God. So the thing that surprised me the most is this thing that tanked me forever. Mm. Absolutely. Because I wasn't prepared for it. Yeah. So here I am with my fancy corporate job and amazing, amazing people. And I'm winning awards and I'm getting bonuses and I'm getting accolades and promotions. And yay, Aaron, you're so smart. You're so wonderful. You're so great, right? Perfect. Look at me. Look at me. This is doing so great. And so when I left corporate and started my own business, I thought, well, all these people told me how great I was. Of course I can do this. And the shock, mind you, was when I learned that I was massively successful on a very narrow path that someone else created. Yeah. External validation filled with, right? I mean, think about that. It's the opposite of entrepreneurship. Narrow path, someone else created it, tons of external validation. And so here I am in my own world now, and I owned a franchise first, and that actually still did very well very quickly because it was still a framework. But once I really went out on my own, I lost the framework. I lost the external validation. I lost, right? I, all those things went away. Yeah. And the shock to me was I'm a massive action taker. I don't sit still. I have no attention span. Point me in a direction. I'm like a freaking energy. I'm 53 years old. This is how excited I am now. Like you can imagine what this was like when I was younger, right? Like it is what it is. But so what I wasn't expecting at all was the key to the whole thing had nothing to do with how much action I was taking. It was all internal. Mm. I was so not prepared for limiting beliefs. I was not prepared for what is a successful mindset. I only knew how to just work harder. Yeah. That's what I knew how to do, just work harder. And I could I knew I never had any doubt about the business side of things. I never had any cuz I knew I knew how to do it. Mm-hmm. I had proof. I knew I knew how to do it. But the who I needed to be, like understanding that the difference between trying something and committing to something and having it actually work, the difference was who I was being, what I believed about myself, and how I was showing up internally. Yeah. Yeah. Was not prepared. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, when um, we talk about, you know, um, uh, that entrepreneurial thing of, you know, uh, you're in, now you're in your own business. This is, you're creating everything. You are 
you don't have any external validation. You have to kind of figure it all out on your own. And, you know, this whole idea that we have to be more efficient rather than work harder, right? The being efficient and working harder. So um, can you give us a little bit of a comparison and a contrast of this working, working smarter, not harder um, for people? Yeah, absolutely. Because all of the working smarter things that produce the results have to do with what you believe in who you are. Mm-hmm. Because the busy work that we create for ourselves so that we feel like we're doing something is because of a fear and scarcity mindset, not yeah. because the work needs to be done. The willingness to let go of things that are no longer working for us at a lower level so that we can take the next step up, purely an internal game. Mm-hmm. Purely an internal game. So, all of the things that go into working smarter and being in charge and being more efficient versus just hit the nail harder. It all comes from the internal game. The the ability to focus, the ability, one of my things I use all the time for my clients and myself, put it on the calendar, live by the calendar, put it on the calendar, live by the calendar, because it's not about more hours. It's about more focus. Yeah. It's about more better priorities. It's about doing the analysis between what am I doing and what are the outcomes and then making that measurement your goal. Better, 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 better. Yeah. Do less things for better outcomes. And that's completely an internal game. You know, that's such a mindset thing too, because like uh, many of us grew up with the ideology that that the only way to be successful is to work hard and harder. Right. And and so this idea of working efficiently almost offends. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. Of people who are like, what do you mean? What do you mean work smarter? Like I grew up on hard work, hard work alone. But it's not about this, you know, um, of dismissing the idea that we have to work hard and put our heart into it. It's about where can we. Um, where can we save time and energy, right? So that we can do our best and and help more people. Uh, so tell me, can you relate to that idea? Yeah. So the way that I finally figured it out was it's not, I had this definition that hard work meant a lot of work. Yeah. And it doesn't. The hard work is internal. That's hard work. Here's why it's so hard. You can't pay anybody else to do it. You can't buy it. I can buy branding. I can buy marketing. I can buy sales, right? I can buy all those things. I can buy SEO. There are brilliant people out there that you can hire to solve every single business problem you have. Every single one of them. Yeah. So it's easy. Yeah. You can go buy it. I can't buy internal work. I can't, nobody else can do it for me. So I changed my definition of what hard work is. Hard work is the commitment, the absolute commitment to the constant journey of improving me. Yeah. Constant journey. And this is a really big thing for me. There's two things that I say all that I look at all the time to make sure I'm doing. Number one, your mindset doesn't need to be fixed. It yeah. just is. 
as soon as you tell yourself, my calendar needs fixing, my mindset needs fixing, you get this idea that A, you're wrong and bad, or and B, that there's an end, <laughs> that one day it's going to be done. Guess what? It's never done. This is a process. This is part of the process. So you don't need to be fixed. The hard work is the commitment to the ongoing effort. And the second thing that took me way too long, way too long to figure out, is that whether or not something is hard or easy is absolutely a perspective. There's no, it's not based in fact. There's yeah. no facts to it because you and I, here's an example. You and I could go on a date and we could go to the scariest movie known to man. And we could sit there together and watch the scariest movie ever. And I could end up in therapy and you could have the time of your life. The movie, it was the same movie. Yeah. It was the exact same movie. Our perspectives were different. Yeah. So I start every single day. I still do this because this is where I could go way off the rails. I start every single day looking at my calendar and it doesn't matter what's on the calendar. I tell myself how amazing of an easy, fun, amazing day it's going to be. Yeah. Oh my God, look at all the people I get to talk to. Oh my God, look at all the time I have to just get stuff done. Oh my God, look at all, like it doesn't matter what's on it. Yeah. It's easy. It's exciting. It's awesome. It's fun. Yeah. Great attitude, right? That's, that is, that's how, it's what, how we perceive our, our perceptions are reality in a way, right? Absolutely. So we're talking about growth mindset. We're talking about how to constantly be um, improving oneself because that is the journey of the entrepreneur. So having said that, are there any great books you've read lately or can recommend to our audience? So I am rereading Atomic Habits. Yep. I'm rereading Atomic Habits. Um, and I'm, it's a workbook. It's a workbook. So loving that one. The other one that I've just read, the book's a little rough. It's very scientifically academic and he's a little bit of, uh, it's a little doom and gloomy, but I kind of came up with an exercise out of it. I just read Map of Consciousness by David Hawkins. Mm. And what he did was he took this idea of like, we're all at a certain vibration and like attracts like and all this stuff we know about, you need to raise your vibration. You need I'm very tactical. I that stuff makes me crazy. Just tell me what to do. <laughs> tell me I'm very just please just tell me what to do. Yeah. So what I did was I took the actual map and you can google map of consciousness by David Hawkins. There's a very pretty rainbow colored graph. And it's got columns in it like the main feeling, the main view of the world, the main behavior. And so I printed it out and every day I look at it and I just look at the words. I just look at the words and I see which word resonates with me that day. Mm -hmm. And then I look at level one or two above mm -hmm. and I ask myself, okay, what would it feel like? What would it be like to come from that feeling instead of the feeling that I have? And so I'm intentionally every day, intentionally focused, raising my vibration. I call it setting my stage because I do this as my morning routine. I set my stage for the day by assessing where am I? And then how would it feel? What would it look like to intentionally be one level higher? Yeah. Right. Well, Going back to our conversation, hold the vision and act currently. The top phase is enlightenment. I ain't even trying. <laughs> like, I ain't even trying. Yeah. But my favorite line is the courage line. Mm -hmm. How can I be just a little more brave? Okay, yeah. what am I doing? 
where do I need to be just a little more brave? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost always challenging yourself and your mental, your mindset, right? Because just to improve and be able to just get better um, and, and grow as a human being so that you can be able to offer more. And then matching all that up with actionable, maintainable, strategic, business-based, reverse engineered, right? You can't do one of these without the other. Right. And so you brought us full circle, by the way, as we <laughs> near the end of the show, which you know, we started out by the reverse engineering. And, and so you brought us full circle, which was just poetic. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so I know that you work with entrepreneurs and you help them work through all these ideas. And I know you have a freemium for the audience today, whoever puts in the hashtag in charge and shine, uh, whether on the replay or in the uh, currently in live, but in charge and shine, what, what was it? Okay. Bring everybody. So I see something out in the marketplace with entrepreneurs that makes me absolutely crazy. And it's called multiple streams of income. Uh -huh. This is why it makes me crazy. Yes to multiple streams of income, but let's do it right. Most of the time, not all of the time, most of the time when if you're under, let's just put a number on it just to get an idea. If you're under multiple six figures, too many times we add multiple streams of income out of fear. Hmm. It's, it's a fear reaction. This isn't working. I have to add things to it. But if you don't have number one dialed in, number two is a distraction, not an additional stream of income. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I get it. Multiple streams of income, if you're talking about real estate investments, stocks and bonds, your, your business, 100% go for it. But multiple streams of income when you have six different business ideas that don't go together is just confusing the marketplace. Yes. Right. So what I did to help people out was I created a, a, a little workbook about how to create multiple streams of income within your business. Yeah. Right. I'm a big fan of the concept, but let's do it right. Multiple streams of income within your business so that you're not confusing the marketplace. You're not accidentally falling in a reaction mode. Yeah, it's sort of having that umbrella, the overarching business that everything else falls underneath yeah. it nicely so that makes sense. It's cohesive, it's in harmony, and you yeah. can stay focused. That's awesome. Yeah. So we always wrap up the show with the uh, a main takeaway. So if there's one takeaway somebody could take away from today's show, what would it be, Erin? That you, like... I'm so not a fluffy person. Like I'm so direct and so action focused, but I just want everyone to know that it's possible. Like if I tell you that I had five, five, one, two, three, four, I've had five life saving surgeries in my life. And four of them were before the age of five. I went to Chicago public schools with a single mother. Like my success isn't because it's me. It's not like Aaron, right? It, it, it's available to anybody. Right. It's the intention. What do you want? How bad do you want it? What are you going to commit to doing it? That it's not the hard. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's definitely, um, I think that it, it, for people to sit down and think about that, you know, nobody's 
extraordinary in a way that you you can't achieve what anybody else has achieved. Absolutely. You just believe it. Everybody is a little bit ordinary and they're a little bit extraordinary in their own way. So you also uh, told us about the tools, Atomic Habits. I know that book. It's on my shelf for me to start reading. I'm in uh, Compound Effect right now, which is- Oh yeah, it's a great book. Um, Jerry yeah. So that's a, that is a great tool. Thank you for telling us about that and the map of consciousness. That's a great tool. Yeah, if you don't want to read the scary book, just print the map. You'll totally get it. <laughs> I, I'm going to go look it up. And then is there any tip, like give the audience a tip or two on how to get started, really um, starting to think in a, in a more open-minded way about sort of conquering the business, not being in the weeds and, 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 sure. and being able to, um, work more efficiently? So one of the things I do, like as part of my morning routine, I have a bunch of different reflection questions so that if I don't have something automatically that I need to work through, I can ask myself. And I use this process for my business. I use it for my other difficult things in my life. I use it for a variety of things. And the first, so it's writing this out. And the first thing I start with is what do you want? What do you want? So I write it out. What do I want? And then look at it and have the most heart and the most difficult conversation you can have, which is an honest conversation with yourself. Is there something about what you want that involves controlling somebody else? Because as soon as there is, you can't have that. Because you you can't have that. You have no, you know, you can influence, but we can't control those people. So what do you actually want? And then I write out, what do I have to do? Who do I have to be? And what do I have to believe? Yeah. in order for that to happen. And when I'm in a high stress situation with family, I do that. When I'm in um, a new project in my business, what do I want? I want this launch to make this much money. Okay, fine. What do I have to do? Who do I have to be? And what do I have to believe? Yeah, And yeah. I'll, I'll do it every day, even the same one over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, that's so simple. Anybody can do that and start seeing, and then maybe even adapt it to how they yeah. But better, but I think that is a great piece of advice, and so grateful that you are. We're here today to share all your wisdom and these amazing nuggets, and 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 really kind of give us a different way of thinking about it and some tools. So so grateful to have you here today, Aaron, and to the Waste Step Wardrobe community. Thank you for joining us. That was the Waste Step Wardrobe weekly wrap up. As you heard, out. Aaron, sum it all up. And you know, we're here every Thursday at 1130 without fail. Maybe there were some times where we didn't show up for like extreme circumstances, like a big holiday or something. But uh, 98% of the time, we're here at 1130 live on Thursdays, waiting to bring you a new entrepreneurial show that will really help you squeeze the juice out of being an entrepreneur and no, join us again next week at 1130 Pacific time where we bring you a new guest and a new topic so that we can help you enhance your entrepreneurial life. 